Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. State of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and this morning I am joined by Amy Canavan and uh, Natasha Miko to discuss the weekend. Um, I'll come to you first, Natasha. How did you spend yesterday then? Um, well, having a great time <laughs> most, for most of the part. Um, we were at the, the Kennedale, um, not one of the lucky 700 who managed to get into Ibrox for the game, but um, Celtic had been back, back at Celtic Park and we we watched it there with a, a room full of very nervous but very excited Celtic fans. Um, and it was great. It was a great event that Celtic put on um, and a, a great place to watch it if you can get to the game. Was there a wee bit of live music on the go? Yeah, there was. Liam Grandles was there. Um, he came on after it, which you know just created a brilliant atmosphere. The, the minute the full-time whistle went, he got off on stage with his guitar, the singing started, and it was a, a brilliant afternoon. That's how you celebrate, right? 
because we know that other people don't know how to celebrate. That's how you celebrate. A few drinks, we pals, bit of music. Um, but there is plenty to discuss, Amy, today, uh, all about the aftermath of... There is always plenty to discuss, but there's a huge amount off the field as well. We're going to start with all the good stuff. We're going to start with Ange Postecoglou and the team and the performance and the win and where it puts us now in pole position, as I said there in the headline. But I want to start with Ange because, um, listen, we've gone all all over the initial reaction to him coming in. I think we've done that to death, right? We're all on the... We're, we're all in with Ange. We're all in, right? But what I noticed that that team that started there yesterday, only three of them were at Celtic before Ange Postecoglou arrived. And so really what he's done in two transfer windows is completely built this side. I mean, who were the three, right? So Tommy Rogic, Callum McGregor and Greg Taylor. So other than those three players... Every one of those players has come through um, and, and come into Celtic under Ange Postecoglou. Um, he's engineered, this is another thing, a 31-point swing in 10 months. That's what he's done. It's, it's sensational, right? And I'm sitting uh, wondering to myself, where can he take us? Where can he take us? Amy? Obviously, we've got the short-term goal. We want the league title, right? We're still in the Scottish Cup. We already have the League Cup in the bag. But where can this man take us? Because I think he's got bigger and wider ambitions for Celtic. He does, you know he does, he's got European ambitions he's he's never really hid from the fact that he knows that a club like Celtic have to have stronger and better ambitions in, in Europe and, apps and actually reach them um, which hasn't really been done in recent years as much as I, I totally understand um, what, what you mean and you, you want to be thinking right let's think let's look towards Europe next year um, I, I think right now you just have to absolutely revel in this um, you know just everything that you just rattled off there the 31 point swing um, I, that's incredible if you asked us you know this time last year I'm you know I'm not the biggest fan of pulling up old tweets but I was so aware that last year I remember around the, um, the Easter kind of weekends and whatever I remember I starting Laxal um, at, at Ibrox um, you know just, just to come from from there and I know that's singling out one player there was many faults back then but that, that was just the one you know that um, that, that was a disaster so to, to go from there and at that time you know Greg Taylor was so many folk were like well you know Taylor's not a, a much better option what what else have you got to do you've got to go with Laxalt I was reading through the replies to my tweet and then you look at yesterday you know and Greg Taylor is arguably one of the strongest candidates for, for a man of the match thought he was absolutely outstanding and I think finally yesterday I don't know if the pennies maybe dropped by a few fans but I think there's gradually getting a better momentum swing in favour of Greg Taylor and I think it's more than deserved. Um, you know, yesterday wasn't the first time that he's put in a you know such a tenacious um kind of kind of performance. But yeah, I think right now you just have to revel in it. I think where he can take us is frightening. Um, and I think it's a really, really exciting prospect. But I think as you know the Cal McGregor interview yesterday after the game of Celtic TV I thought it was outstanding. And he was like, you know, we just we can enjoy it, want the fans to enjoy it, but come back in obviously today um, and just go again. And I think the, the grounding, I think that Ange Postecoglou has instilled more than anything perhaps as well, um, kind of weighs as much as the 31 point swing and everything that you, you have just rattled off there. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I think that when you're looking at the transformation, you know, we're always going to be bringing names up like Diego Laxalt and Shane Duffy. And it's a memory of a, a season that, already seems a wee while away um, Natasha and I'm going to ask you the same question because you've had the joy of speaking to Ange Postecoglou mm -hmm. 
I mean, when he first arrived at the club, you were very, very impressed that day mm-hmm. when he came and spent a, a good hour with the fans, uh, fan media, answering every question. At that time, you were very impressed with uh, his philosophy, uh, the way that he dealt with the fans. Um, he answered every question. You know, the questions at that time that were being thrown at him were around backroom team. I mentioned this yesterday, actually, off camera. I says, you know, it's interesting no one mentions John Kennedy or Gavin Strachan anymore. Eh? No one's got a problem with him anymore because, you know, it's it's clearly all working. Um, but, I, I, and again, I'm not getting ahead of myself because the short-term goal is to win this title. is so important for the club. Uh, what it will do to Celtic standing, uh, both domestically and in Europe, and what it will do to our challenger as well, is huge. It's monumental. But I do think that, you know, he's got huge ambitions. And, and I do wonder where he can take us, Natasha. What's your thoughts? I think it'll be really interesting to see that next season. Obviously, the focus all has to be on the league this season. A good element of the the European football came just a little bit early in Angie's tenure this season. and We all know what's at stake in terms of winning the league and where that would get us in Europe next season if we are indeed to go on and win the league this season. So that will be a real, real test for Angie and what he can do with this team. It's almost hard to remember that we are so new in his tenure. He is just over that 50 game mark and what he's achieved in his first 50 games, what can he achieve in his next 50? You know, where do we where are we then at 100 games? And for me if he manages to keep the the core of the players together, if he keeps investing in terms of getting the players that he wants in because his track record and signings is incredible. So if he keeps investing like that, if he keeps bringing players like that into the squad and keeps developing this team the way he has over the last 50 games, then sky's the limit for Ange and the Celtic team and, and where we can go. But let's get this one out of the way first. Let's get this league wrapped up. Um, I don't think for a second that any of the players in that dressing room or Ange himself will have an eye on the trophy yet. Um, I think that behind the scenes, the, the Celtic dressing room will certainly not be acting like the, the league is done or there's one hand of the trophy or anything like that. Well, it's still mathematically possible, I'm just, just going to treat this as business as usual, just like he did when we won at Celtic Park and said it was just another good three points. This is just another good three points to him. And Ange and Cal McGregor and players like that will be making sure at Lennox Town, behind the scenes, it is business as usual. But... You know, we're talking as fans on here. You know, we're, we're here giving a fans reaction. I'll tell you, in the Kerrydale yesterday, most people were certainly declaring that the league was over. Um, yeah, it feels like we've got one hand on it now. And, you know, there's still, you know, there's still, what, 18 points up for grabs. But that was a massive three points. You know, we went to Ibrox. We had 700 fans in. We got off to a bad start. And we still managed to win that game and get those three points under all the circumstances and everything that's thrown at us, um, literally and metaphorically. Um, that That's a real mark of, of champions. We needed a big performance from the players. We needed all the right calls from Ange and, and we got it and we got the three points and that's massive in this run-in. Is, we will be talking about the, the other things that were thrown uh, as as well. I think only one of the Axon team were actually in the stadium, I think, because we Deck was there. So hopefully we can hear from Declan and his experiences of being at Ibrox yesterday. Um, I'm also keen to bring in some of the comments. Jungle Lion, always great to hear from you on YouTube. What a day yesterday. Now imagine this team after another couple of transfer windows. Mm-hmm. It's like what you were saying, Natasha, 100 games in, where are we going to be if we continue on this trajectory? Um, um, and he goes on, Jungle Line, to say Roger and McGregor 
were immense. But that young fella, Maeda, sure puts some shift in. We're going to be talking about some of the best performances that we, we've seen yesterday. And I think that uh, Starfelt needs to get a mention. David Bradley pointing out that he was standing tall. I thought Starfelt was outstanding yesterday in a, a really strong defensive partnership with Carter Vickers. I mean, they were awesome. When you look at the pressure that we were under maybe in the last 10 minutes of the game and you know what, they just soaked it up. Now, when when we're looking at the defence, you've already mentioned Greg Taylor. I thought that was potentially the best game I've seen him playing in a Celtic jersey, Amy. About five minutes before he comes off injured, he wins two really important defensive headers and, and a tackle as well um, that could have, you know, had he not intercepted the, the cross, it could have spelt danger for the Celtic defence. I thought he was having a great game when he when he's come off. And not just Taylor's best performance, I think that was the best defensive performance under Ange Postacoglu. And again, I do go back to some of the earlier episodes that we did and we were uh, talking to people who knew all about Ange's um, career in Australia and also in Japan. And what they were saying to us is, you know what, we'll just outscore the opposition. If they score four, we'll score five. And there was almost this kind of attitude that you know, the defence will take care of itself. That's not what I seen yesterday, mate. I seen a very um resolute performance. I seen a, a defence that was very well organised and shown um everybody around the world who's watching it why we've got the best defensive record in Scotland. And I think that he's proved a lot of people wrong. It's not all about the flair and the entertainment. When we need to defend, we can defend him. Yeah, extremely compact. Um and obviously, all credit has to go initially to the back four. That's their duty. But I think, you know, you've got to touch on Cal McGregor dropping back, Isaac Maeda dropping back. Um, the, the defensive work of, of the rest of the team, really, to, to defend as a unit. Um, and, and that, of course, does all stem from Carter Vickers and Starfelt, you know, marshalling in, in the correct kind of manner. But, yeah, as a defensive performance, that's as, probably as resolute as, as there's been. Um, as much as Rangers had possession in the second half, were, were trying to knock on the door, you know, the, the crossing, to be honest, it was rather abysmal, but it was never causing Celtic any problems. And that's because the, the defence had it covered. Um, you know, there was never really a lot of worry. That one save from Joe Hart when he gets down to, you know, um, it's his left um, and parries that away, obviously roofs offside in the rebound, but that's the only real save off note that you would go, right, fine, fair enough, great save. Um, obviously in the first half as well, the Adam Ramsey one where he is ending up offside. Hart doesn't know that, it's still a great save. But other than that, you know, everything was, was commanded really well by Carter Vickers and Starfelt. I think the game suited Starfelt as well. I think playing against Roof certainly um, favoured him. Because I feel, not that he couldn't handle Morelos, but you know, you just think, right, if Morelos was stuck on him, he would stick to, to Starfelt instead of Carter Vickers. And it could have been, you know, a different tale. But I think... For Starfield, it's exactly what he's wanting. You know, a guy trying to out-battle out him, really. And, and nobody's really going to do that. I think when you've got somebody kind of tricky up against him, that's perhaps when he when he struggles a little bit more. But in saying that, I couldn't tell you the last time that, that Starfield really struggled um, up against that centre-half. The, the playing about for the back, malarkey, that can go. But um, other than that, I, I thought it was a, a really, really strong defensive performance. But like I say, I think it comes as well from McGregor tracking back, beat on tracking back when he comes on. Maeda, it's, it's a whole unit. Um, it's it's that kind of, you know, defend as a team and as, attack mm. as a team as well. Mm. Talking about units, uh, Yakamakis was part of that. I mean, I've seen some brilliant yeah, defensive absolutely. work by Yakamakis. And when you're looking at the defensive element, when... Carter Vickers and Starfelt need to win balls in the air, tackle, clear the... Pu- 
they're absolutely brilliant. I think that's where they're comfortable, Natasha, and that's what they did brilliantly yesterday. Um, yeah, we're going to get situations where they're getting a lot of the ball and they're passing it about and you know we're looking to break down sides. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration came in the early days. But what we've done is, we've, I say we, what Andy's done is persevered uh, in the early days of Staffield getting a lot of criticism. And he's, he's basically come through and proved that you know, he's a top quality uh, player. He's been a great signing, actually. All the, the, the plaudits, or a lot of the plaudits, seem to go on Cameron Carter-Vickers. And understandably, he's a cool, cool customer. But Starfield's been brilliant as well, Natasha. I think the defence as a whole needed to be good yesterday. We knew that we were going to need a big performance from that back four. And they delivered that. Yes, we got off to a slightly shaky start. They, you know, Juranovic, maybe not at his best by the for the goal. Star felt, you know, maybe a little bit shaky in the opening five, ten minutes, but they settled into the game and that's fine. Um, I think that, you know, towards the end of the game, when I watched it at the time, I felt that we were, you know, very under pressure. Watching it back again, yes, we were under pressure for, sort of, you know, maybe the last 15, 10 minutes of the game. Rangers were attacking a lot. But what the defence did was they stood up to everything. Everything that was thrown at them, the set pieces, the cross balls, Yes, they were coming plentiful, but we were dealing with it. We were dealing with it as fullbacks, we were dealing with it as centre halves. We were just mopping up everything that was thrown at them. And that was so important from you know, a whole team perspective, both earlier in the game in terms of being able to build from that and then attack from that. And towards the end of the game when we were managing the game, we were managing that three points, the defence were outstanding. Um and like you say, I don't know where the criticism continues to come from. Um regularly in the mainstream media, Carfelt's Carol Starfelt, Carter Vickers, they do get a bit lambasted for, for very little reason given the defensive record that they have. Mm. And combined yesterday I thought that was an absolutely top, top performance from the two of them. And I know we've been over it, but again credit to, to Greg Taylor. I think he is one of those players who is just getting better in every single game I see him play. Um and I, I put a lot of that credit down to Postacoglu as well. Someone Amy mentioned earlier in the show, Diego Laxal. I would have been interested to see what Postacoglu could have done for him in his career because I think he's the sort of player that he would have actually liked. Um, but, but for Greg Taylor, I thought he was absolutely pivotal in his role today. Um, and he really silenced Tavernieri, silenced Eribo, and they weren't able to impact on the game like I've made. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Maybe would have expected them to because Greg Taylor was so good. And something that Ange has mentioned before about Taylor is that he is one of these leaders on the pitch. Like we mentioned earlier in the show, he's one of only three players that, you know, Ange didn't, you know, bring when he arrived. So he does have that extra element. He is very good at his role now. He's really growing into it. He's solving our left back problem for us. And he's also a leader on the pitch. And that's so important in games like that, especially at Ibrox when we needed it. 
you saw him, you know, getting in people's faces, shouting, tracking back a bit like McGregor had done in the previous um, derby game. And I like that from Taylor. Um, and I think in the last two derby matches, he really has stood up and had some of his better games and that experience and handling of the game is really important and also allows us to then play Juranovic in his natural position, if you like, because I do think he's significantly better at right back um, on his day, probably one of the best players in the team at right back. So it's good that we can keep him there and be able to rely on Taylor at left back. But the depth in the squad we have as well, another much improved player, Tony Ralston, able to come on at right back and then move Juranovic over to left back. So the fact that Ange has these players who perhaps last season, if you were talking about being able to rely on Taylor and Ralston in a game like this, people would have laughed at you. And what they did... For, particularly for the last 10 minutes yesterday was absolutely sensational and really helped us win those three points. So all credit to both those players and also to Ange for getting what he has out of them. Definitely. I mean, see when you look at Carter Vickers, again, he was a massive part of the conversation yesterday after the game uh, with Lawrence and Ewan. And I was talking about his nomadic um, career so far. When you look at the amount of loan deals that he's had, I think Celtic are now his seventh loan club. And he's played more at Celtic, Amy, than at any other club. We like to think that he feels at home here. He seems to have settled. He's having a level of success in terms of winning trophies that he's never had anywhere else. There's this promise, should we get over the line, that there's going to be Champions League football. And the importance, the priority for me, and I know that Jot is an entertainer and he, and he looks great and all the flicks and everything is brilliant to watch, right? But I think the priority now has to be get Carter Vickers signed on a permanent deal this summer. And, you know, again, earlier on in the show, I was saying I don't want to look too far ahead, but you've got to plan things like that. We can't have another scenario with uh, that we had with the likes of Jason Denier, a player who I would have loved to have kept at Celtic Park, and to a lesser degree, probably Philip Benkovic, and I know his career hasn't really um, kicked on since he left Celtic through through injury, but at the time, I just saw a real quality in that player as well. And I don't want him to be added into that category, I mean, a player that we see flourishing, um, like Denier has done with a great Belgian side, um, you know, who have been ranked number one in the world, and you, you see him and Boyata getting a game for them. Um, Surely this is a priority. Get Carter Vickers signed up. Yeah, you've got to break the bank, don't you? Um, and you know, you're saying break, break the bank. It won't even. I don't think it'll be. It won't be anything. You know, astronomical. Perhaps by Celtic standards, it may seem it, but it's the going rate these days. You know, you look across the top leagues and um, the top teams across the top leagues. Every team is crying out for for a centre half. I'm not saying Carter Vickers is going to walk in and play beside Van Dyke at Liverpool um, or something like that. But you know, it's the one position that there's just for probably over the last decade that there's just been so sparingly really top quality players. So it is going to cost 10, 15 million to get kind of the standard that that we need. Um, and you know, he's he's worth that in abundance. You you speak of his kind of nomadic career up until now. So you know, if he he feels comfortable here, you've got to imagine that he's going to have a few comfortable years at Celtic and he's want he's gonna to want to enjoy it. Um so he has to he has to want to come, but you know, that looks he looks so happy, you know, he look he actually doesn't really show much emotion at all. Um but I think that shows that he's comfort. You know, he doesn't ever really look like he, he's breaking a sweat or anything's too strenuous for him. Um but no he, he's an absolute priority. Um I think when you look at 
you know, recently there's been the interviews with Joe Hart and you're hearing more and more about his relationship with Nuno Espirito Santos down at, um, at Spurs and when he basically said, you know, I'm not comfortable with you, you're too old, I don't trust you. And we all know the story, obviously, Hart coming up to Posse Coughlin basically saying, look, I just need like an arm around my shoulder, I need a little bit of love. So Carter Vickers doesn't want to go down that path, no player does. And that's a guy who, you know, 75 England caps, Premierships, you know, Premier Leagues, Champions League appearances, all of this, and he's went from there to there. So Carter Vickers, you know, you can see it right behind him. And if, if Hart's getting that kind of, you know, love and support that he is, you're you're telling me that, that Carter Vickers isn't wanting that. At the end of the day, you know, these guys are still human beings. Um, and, and they're wanting to feel a little bit of something back from their employers. So I, I think it's a, a, a perfect match, the same way that, that Hart and Celtic has what Hearts gave to Celtic and what Celtic gave to Hart. I think that can be in the exact same case as, as Carter Vickers. He was rightly named as man of the match yesterday, Amy. Michael McDonald saying that he's going to go and watch the game again. I think you should because, as we were saying before we came on live there, Natasha, you take away the emotion from it uh, because at the time I'm thinking we'd been absolutely pummeled, you know, the pressure. But you've watched the game back and what you've said is in actual fact, yeah, Rangers had loads of possession, but we dealt with it and we actually dealt with it comfortably um, a big part of that of course being Cameron Carter Vickers, I've asked the question to Amy do you feel it's a priority for Celtic to go and buy him permanently in the summer? Yeah, I'd, have, I'd absolutely love to keep him, um, we've shown in the past, other teams have shown in the past how good it is, or how difficult it is to find a really good, reliable centre half, we found one um, he's, he's the perfect fit, he's exactly what we're looking for in the team, he's now formed a really great partnership with the goalkeeper behind him, Starfelt next to him, the full backs it would be so important to, to continue to keep that back line solid and keep him in there and I'd love for him to stay um, there was a, an event at Celtic Park a couple of weeks ago Postacoglu was taking um, some questions from the fans and naturally one of the, the first ones was, what about Jota and Vickers where are we with that when are they signing up? When's the announcement getting made? Um, and Postacoglu was really sort of, you know, honest. He was fair about it. He said that the important thing for him and the important thing for the players at this stage in the season was the football. All he wanted them to do was focus on their training, focus on what they're doing at Lennox Town and focus on the games um, because it was so important. He didn't want their, their minds elsewhere. He said, you know, they've got agents for that. That can get dealt with at a later stage. But right now... What we need to do is make sure that they're happy, they're comfortable, they're training well and they're playing their football. So I think at the moment, that's where that's the sort of headspace that, that Carter Vickers will be in. I think Postacoglu will be making sure that's the headspace that he's in, is that that stuff can wait. Let's focus on, on getting this title over the line. And I think after the season and once and hopefully if, you know, we, we do go on and, and win the title, then's the time to sit down with players like Jota, players like Carter Vickers and, and talk about where their future lies. I really lo would love for it to be at Celtic Park. Costa Coughlin was, was open at that event and said he would love for that too. But there's a whole, you know, array of circumstances that these players will and need to take into consideration. They'll have a lot of different people in their ears, um, their agents, you know, their advisors, um, other clubs perhaps. So, it's for, for Celtic to, to make sure that this is the best option for them. You know, sometimes financially they can't compete, but we have a lot to offer players. And I don't think that should be undervalued in terms of the playing for a club like Celtic speaks for itself. And just said that before, he doesn't need to, and he shouldn't have to convince anyone to, to come here. It speaks for itself. If they don't want to be here, then 
That's mm. that's their loss. And I do like that attitude from them. But what you also said was that Carter, Vickers and Jota are loving their time here. And you can see that. You can see it all over both of their faces yesterday in terms of, you know, during the game, the celebrations after the game. They look like two guys who are loving life at Celtic Park. So long may that continue into next season. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, keeping an eye on the subscribers on YouTube have smashed through the 18,000 barrier. Thank you very much for that. If you are subscribing, new or old, uh, you're going into a prize draw to win two Simple Minds tickets for Wednesday night. They're still out there touring the big hits on Wednesday night at the Hydro. These tickets are valued at 130 quid, but we'll be giving them to one lucky subscriber. So thanks, everybody, for your support. We're getting some thumbs up on the Facebook channel. We're getting John Dockery, Sharon Clark, Aileen Freaks and more giving us a thumbs up. Loads of love on Facebook from Edward McAleer, Bridget Spendley. And there's one person angry. I don't know why but there's somebody angry on Facebook as well. Let us know what the reason for that is. Uh, David Crines, brilliant yesterday Celtic, we don't stop. That has become almost a mantra under Ange Postacoglu. Scott Howe, we will be having a wee chat about some of the other incidents off the park and on um, that came from off the park, Scott. So yes, the big question will be, what? how does that affect Celtic, Celtic's decision when it comes to the allocation for Celtic Park? Um, Robert Arbuckle goes on to say, watch the Celtic TV unique angle. It's always a great watch. Just after we score our second goal, one of their fans tries to get in the park. Luckily, one of his own fans stopped him. He had to be um, manhandled, didn't he, to, to prevent him from getting on the park. Or was he one of these scrappy-do characters who would never have made it over the over the wall? However, we do have to talk about it. Before we do it, let's have a wee chat about Joe Hart. The guy is absolutely immense, isn't he? And, um, you know, I think that we didn't know, I certainly didn't know, that there had been an incident in the tunnel or, or towards the tunnel at half-time where a Celtic physio has been hit with some kind of object. Uh, I don't want to say it's a bottle because I don't know if it was, but it's split his head open. You've seen the pictures, right? So Joe Hart would have been, I think, aware of that, I'm guessing. He's gone on the park. There's a broken bottle on the pitch and he's he's basically refused. I thought it was great. He's refused to play the game. I'm going to go up the tunnel. He's then gone up and spoken to Ange and just trying to calm him down. But I thought he was brilliant in what he did. I mean, there's a glass bottle in the goal mouth. I mean, I find... The whole situation, to get to that point where Joe Hart has to highlight it, absolutely preposterous, right? Because you've got groundsmen, of course, and you rightly said before we went live, they're dealing with the, the gold mouth area, which is the one that gets churned up um, at half time. You've got stewards who should be facing the crowd at all times and the coppers who are at the game. It's a Category A football game. They should be watching the crowd at all time. And on top of that, you've got CCTV. But it takes Joe Hart to alert the, the referee that there's a broken glass bottle in his gold mouth. What did you make of the whole incident and the way that Joe dealt with that? I'm calling him Joe like I know him. There's only one person on this screen who spoke to Joe Hart, Natasha, we know that. Um, Amy, what did you make of that disgusting uh, situation yesterday? Yeah, it was absolutely vulgar. It was really, really, really disgusting and really distressing um, that, that that is... You know, in this day and age, really, you know, what is it, 2022? Like, it's just unbelievable. But I think the experience, um, the attitude from Joe Hart was exemplary. You know, stayed so calm, didn't, you know, try and rile at the fans, go up to them, you know, question anything like that. Spoke very, um, you know, accordingly. It looks like when the groundsman came on, I thought it was remarkable that he had to actually point to them where the glass bottle was. Like, I'm not being funny, it's no time. Like, and 
the worst but it is the tiny wee bits of glasses is the worst but how could you not see you know when the camera zooms in there's the big base of the bottle then there's the big one that's like spiked up i don't understand that you can't see it it's a brown bottle it's like a bottle of budweiser like it's not like a green bottle that's like blending into the grass even um i think i was um i, I caught the photo yesterday from sns caught it and you know it was the line of all the glass bottles that were were on the edge of the the, the stadium and uh, you know the bottles of bucky and all of that and you're just like there's so much getting in my mom can't get wine gums in like to, to park head like it, it's absolutely outstanding like I, I don't understand it um and i know every stadium have their own faults it's not just ibrox but the the regularity of the incidences you know the batteries the bottles like the massive glass bottles and it's not always just a wee bottle of bucky or a single bottle of budweiser like these are big bottles i don't understand how that can mm. be you know brought in but i thought joe hart dealt with it in the, the most kind of experience way um and fair play to him for for going down the tunnel refusing to play refusing to stay in his you know his area um, because it's not safe and that's the worry the little bits of glass you know like my goodness I like used to work in a shop like work, work in Tesco when a glass bottle smashes you're finding little bits for days because it's the tiny little bit so Joe Hart goes to deck and his face is on the ground That that's the instant thing that I thought of it's mm-hmm. remarkable um, so it, it, it's a huge worry it's a huge worry but for him to deal with it the way that he did um and then, you know, you look at the Jota incident later on, I kind of wish that he refused to take the corner, fine, fair enough. It was more, I think, a plastic cut that time. It doesn't really matter. Anything's being thrown on. But for, for Hart to deal with it the way that he did, I thought that showed his experience in abundance um, and just his, his no-nonsense kind of um, kind of mantra, really. Yeah, definitely. You know this, I, I, I spoke to Mickey Weir. Now, he's a player that you may not be aware of. He played with Hibs. He's a Hibs legend, right? And we spoke to him last year. It's on the channel. And he told the story that he was at uh, Tynecastle and he's about to take a corner kick and he felt a, a kind of hot pain in his ankle. He looks down, there's a dart in his ankle. Somebody had thrown a dart. Now, this is in the you know, the throes of 1980s hooliganism, you know, where the terraces in some uh, places weren't safe places to be. When it, as Amy says, it's 2022. This game is being beamed all over the globe, right? And that is what they're faced with. Now, by the way, Celtic don't come out with that, um, you know, with any issue in terms of our reputation. It's, it's, it's down to one fan base and one club because you shouldn't be able to smuggle that kind of level of glass bottle into a, a football arena anyway. But for the, the whole situation, watching it unfold... Natasha, what were you thinking and how did you feel uh, Joe Hart dealt with that? It's just depressing, isn't it? Like you've pointed out, that game has been broadcast all around the world. And yes, and it's an embarrassing reflection on Rangers Football Club, but it's an embarrassing reflection on Scottish football as well because people will look at that and say, look what's happening in Scotland. You know, across the world, they won't talk, you know, perhaps won't talk Ibrox specific. They'll say, look at Scottish football, look at the state of that, look at what's going on over there. And it does damage the reputation of Scottish football as a whole when you're seeing scenes like that. Um, It's just unbelievable, really, isn't it? It's mindless stupidity, throwing a glass bottle onto a football pitch. That isn't... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Just going to affect Johar. All players are going to be in that box at some point during the game, including the players that they're there to support. It's dangerous and it's it's mindless. Um, and of course, Joe Hart dealt with it as exactly as we'd expect Joe Hart to. He's absolutely exemplary in terms of his leadership and his character. When we signed him, um, I was perhaps a little bit unsure. I think we've had a lot of players who might fall into the category of coming up from England for a season or two in Scotland to top up their pension. And was Joe Hart going to be another one of these who hadn't played football in a while? Was this going to work out? And... Like you mentioned earlier, I think from that first interview with Joe Hart, um, when he came in and he spoke to us, almost instantly I thought, oh, wait, I've misjudged this guy. This guy is just the guy who wants to come, wants to play football and just wants to be at Celtic. Um, And he was a great guy on and off camera, really warm, really engaging, really friendly. And I thought, you know what, fair play. I think I misjudged you before you played. And... From that moment on and from his performances on the pitch, he's been probably one of the best bits of business that Celtic have done this season. And that's a big call when you look at some of the players we've managed to bring in. When you look at, you know, the Kyogos and the Medas and the Hitatis, Jota, the Bada, when you look at those players that we've brought in, they're absolutely incredible and quite rightly get all the plaudits. Is Joe Hart maybe the best piece of business out of all of them? He's certainly up there for me. Um what he brings in terms of his performances, steadying a, a whole new back line, um, just with his experience, his ability, his character. I think he's been absolutely fundamental to to our defensive performances this season and to the, the leadership that we knew we lost. We did lose a lot of leaders last season, Scott Brown obviously being the key example of that. Joe Hart has come in and helped it, obviously, with McGregor to, to fill that role, and I think he's been outstanding. Yeah, I mean, pound for pound, for just over a million quid, Joe Hart. But I want our club to continue to attract players of that type of profile with the, you know, the England cap, the experience at international level, Champions League experience, league titles down in England. But, I mean, Joe Hart, just a few weeks ago, was it Pitorji where the fan just thought, I'm going to go and get a selfie with Joe Hart in the goalmouth? The Aberdeen fan runs onto the park. He must be looking at this and thinking... This is tin pot. This shouldn't be happening. You know, and I don't think, and I don't mean Celtic, I mean Scottish football, um, you know, it has a hard enough job of selling itself as a brand and attracting players like Joe Hart to, to, to clubs. For this to happen, you know, guys might be looking at it going, yeah, you know, it'd be great to play for Celtic. It'd be great to play in Champions League. Do I really want hit with a bottle? Do I really want players and inv- uh, fans invading the park? When... Dominic Mackay, remember him? When he came into Celtic, um, he was looking at other ways to bring in uh, and generate income to Celtic that perhaps weren't part of our, our strategy before. And you look at the stadium, you think, right, it's lying empty all, all week um, until the game. Uh, over, obviously, all the, all the offices and all the staff are in there, but as a stadium, as a space. 
So you're looking at the stadium, you're thinking, right, and I'm pretty sure, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that anybody with a business mind would be looking at stadium naming rights, getting the stadium used for concerts. And if you've got a rugby background, maybe looking at the reintroduction of alcohol sales in football grounds. And then you see that yesterday, you think, no chance. No chance is that ever going to happen in Scottish football when incidents like that are prevalent. And it's the biggest game on the biggest stage. And that's what happens. And I just thought it was shocking. Mm-hmm. When we're looking at Joe Hart, the goalkeeper, Amy, um, big, big save in 74 minutes uh, from Sakala. I thought, you know, very, very strong hand to it. What's your thoughts in terms of pound for pound? The most important signing that Andrew's made, Joe Hart. I think so, because you're thinking, you know, the alternatives. Um, you know, last year you were, it was an absolute medical round um, and it was just like a, a lottery who was, who was going to start. So like 23 Scott Bain, 22 Barkas, 6 Hazard, something like that, isn't it? Like, that's mental for goalkeeping. Um, and, you know, Joe Hart just came in and, you know, he was always going to, it wasn't going to take an awful lot, I don't think, to, to solidify the number one jersey, but he's, you know, he, he's just managed to, to hold on to it um, in, in abundance. But, you know, he's been he's been exceptional. Um, even when he's not had an awful lot to do, perhaps, you know, it's by no means the the trickiest job that he's ever had, you know. Um, that there's no two ways about that. The, the players that he's coming up against, no disrespect, but, you know, he's, he's Champions League quality, um, English Premier League winning uh, quality. So, but it is not just as his... Goal, his fine goalkeeping saves, you know, it's the presence that he brings, the leadership that he brings, just the, the like I say, the experience, the stories, everything like that, just the whole catalogue comes comes with him. Um, and I think there's a lot to be to be looked into as well, that, you know, it's not been all plain sailing. Yeah, he was at the at the very, very top. Um, and then he's been at the very bottom, you know, rock bottom. Only last year, 18 months ago, you know, what we're going, wow. The, the question was being asked that, like, is Joe Hart actually that good? What was he? Was he really bummed up, really? Um, you know, was he uh, a mediocre goalkeeper and had a few exceptional seasons, or was he an exceptional goalkeeper who's now having a few mediocre to, to poor seasons? So that question was getting asked of him, and it shows that pathway that you can be at the very top, you know, riding high playing for whoever you really want, any club really wanting you, to then go and, you know, can't get a game for Burnley, can't get a game for West Ham, hated out in Italy, conceded something like 60 goals in 40 games for Torino. Um, so I think that in itself is a real grounding experience, you know, to not necessarily the Carter Vickers, but, you know, the younger players at Celtic that, like, it's not all the life of Riley. Um, and you can be at the very top, but can so quickly go to the very bottom. It only takes for one manager to come in and, and not particularly like you and then everything just, you know, everything turns turns around. So I think his kind of, I don't like the phrase like journey or whatever, but I think that in itself is a massive, just a learning curve and what he can bring. He's got fantastic tales of playing against and playing with some mm. of the best players, but he's also been at the very bottom, you know, had managers say face-to-face, I do not trust you. By no means was he the oldest goalkeeper in the Premier League last year, but Nuno says to him, you're too old, I don't trust the ball at your feet. You know, that's... Imagine being told that, like, by your boss. Like, we would, none of us would be told that by, by our employers. Um, so I, I think hope not, Amy, because I'm about 10 years older than him. <laughs> well, um, just 10. Um, I think um, everything... You're welcome. Everything that he brings is not just the, the, the goals, the goal-saving saves. 
Uh, like I say, from Sakala, from Ramsey, it's uh, it's everything else that he brings in. Yeah, pound for pound, for a pound he's been exceptional. He's went as Natasha rightly says, unbelievably under under the radar. You know, it's been Hatati, Maeda, Kyogo, um, O'Reilly, everything like that. Yakimakis and and Joe Hart's just kind of you know slipped in, bedded in, and I think actually that's what he likes as well. I think because he needed the love, needed the arm around the shoulder, actually up his street, not being the main man kind of thing. Coming in, you know, getting the captain's armband within, you know, days, weeks, a matter of games, um, I think is everything. And as I said earlier, as much as he's done for Celtic, Celtic's done for him. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. When we're, when we're looking at the the main incident of the, the broken bottle, there was a bottle crashed at Ibrox yesterday. Um, but the broken bottle and the, the goal mouth, the objects thrown at Celtic players taking corners, the physiotherapist having to get stitches. The big question I'm going to ask, Natasha, is what happens at the Celtic Park game? What happens with the fans then? I'm I'm guessing there's an agreement going into Ibrox there that, right, Rangers, you give Celtic 700 and the same thing's going to happen. I, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing that would have been a situation. This changes everything though, doesn't it? I mean, I'm sure, like you say, there will be some sort of reciprocal agreement in place. Um, but we do now have to look at player safety. Um, player safety was not guaranteed when we were at Ibrox yesterday. We want to be able to guarantee player safety, staff safety at Celtic Park. Can we do that with their fans there on the basis of what we saw yesterday? I think there's doubts. And I think the club certainly needs to be asking those questions. We saw people going out to do their job yesterday. You know, that physio was just doing his Saturday after, Sunday afternoon at work. And he ended up needing stitches because of an object thrown at him. I mean, that isn't getting talked about enough, how bad that is. And I know a lot of people are are saying, you know, let's look at the positives, let's talk about the football, let's ignore that side, it's terrible. But if we don't talk about it, then it isn't getting the attention that it deserves. And it needs condemnation from every side, from everyone. Um, Because we can't have our players and our staff safety jeopardised by who we let into the stadium. You, you look at it on, on the other hand, and Chris Sutton, for example, isn't allowed at Ibrox. They say, you know, that's his safety concerns. Well, we need to look at the safety concerns of our own staff and our own our own players. Um, and I think that there definitely will and should be discussions behind the scene about that. Um, but I would like to, I know it'll be a police matter now, but the, the lack of condemnation in a lot of quarters, you know, the silence is deafening. Mm, it is. I mean, listen, we, for about a week, we heard about a marginal offside decision for Kyogo's goal against Hearts. I, I don't recall as much getting spoken about in terms of what happened yesterday um, with regards to the, the objects being thrown. And when, when you look at the impact that the fans had, because I've said this before, in the February game, 2nd of February, the impact the fans had uh, in relation to Celtic's performance and that brilliant victory against Rangers. Yes, any margin you can take, you'll take it at this stage of the season. And the Rangers fans, should they have thought about it? Probably, because you know what? You've you've given us another advantage if Celtic Park is full of Celtic fans um, for the final game against uh, Rangers this season. We could probably talk for about three hours because we've only got through a tiny wee bit of uh, what I was hoping to talk about. But we can't go through today's show without talking about um, some of the performances that we've seen in the midfield yesterday, right? I mean, we were in here, the three of us watching the game, Rangers take the lead, there was a lot of emotion. Um, And I think that there's a moment where Callum McGregor just grabs the game by the scruff of the neck and he creates the chance that leads to Tommy Rogic scoring the equaliser. But I've watched it time and time again and I've watched it on the unique angle as well. 
it's as if he says, no, I'm not allowing this to happen. Talking about leadership. Yeah. Unbelievable. Callum McGregor. And again, we take it for granted that he's been playing now for, I don't know how many months, since January, with a face mask, which is obviously, you know, it's affecting his vision. Um, on the park, he said that it's affecting his vision. Someone said it's between 20 to 25%. So he, it's like he's playing with an injury. But we're taking it for granted now. We're getting used to seeing him with a mask on. And as a captain yesterday, I just thought he was unbelievable. Very much like Hart, a lot of the time, Amy, his performances, Carl McGregor's performances, kind of go under the radar because he set a kind of standard and you expect great things from him. But I thought he was unbelievable yesterday, particularly when it could have happened. You know, the heads could have gone down. I didn't see a great performance from Hatati, who seemed a wee bit over, overwhelmed uh, under the circumstances. I didn't think Jota was great. Juranovic, uncharacteristically, wasn't at his best. But McGregor grabbed the, the, the game by the scruff of the neck, I felt, yesterday. He was absolutely outstanding. How big has he been this season as a leader, Amy? He's just a Rolls Royce, isn't he? Um, he he's grew into the, the role of captain so well, um, rather seamlessly, I would say. And he's just soaking it all up. He oozes class, like I say. If, if you've not seen that interview yesterday um, with with the club um, at Ibrox, I think it's exceptional. Just everything he hits, every tone, um, and it's it's, uh, I, it's it's bang on. You can't you can't actually put into words his importance. It is you're run, running out of words. Um, I think he's just so underrated. The fact that he's Scottish, I think as well. I know that's a kind of like old cliche, but you know, I think going to like kind of like a Scotland tangent right now as well. You know, with McGregor and McGinn, they're two genuinely top, top class players and it's frightening that because they're Scottish it's just kind of like underplayed but the the growth of McGregor over the last God knows how many years has it, been absolutely exceptional um, and like I say he's just grown into everything but the drive for the equaliser um, I totally agree with you that I don't think Jota had the best game yesterday but I think he played a, a really crucial part in that goal I kept saying that to my dad who doesn't listen to me but Jota was right on the um, right on the touchline you know, and they kind of dragged Bassi away, and I think Bassi actually dealt with Jota quite well yesterday. Um, but he created that gap, Jota, by kind of having Bassi in two minds, which created the gap for for uh, for McGregor to drive. But nonetheless, just to keep going, um, and like you say, that kind of tenacity that you know I'm not giving this up. Something needs to needs to happen here, and that that port kind of came came to fruition. But we could sit for an hour, two hours, three hours, just speaking about McGregor, and words will just come to mind. But um, he is so crucial, so fundamental. And I think the reason that he is perhaps, I, I don't know actually the reason why he's not, but I think because, you know, I think we're all just kind of became resigned to the fact he is going to be here. He's not going anywhere now, that you don't need to constantly talk him up to try and think, right, what would it be like life would be without him? Because I think we've just perhaps foolishly, came to the conclusion that right, he's here, certainly for now. He's a massive part of the plans, massive part of the future. We don't need to think, right, what would it be if McGregor wasn't here? He, he's here, he's happy, you know. He is loving the role. Um, and, and he's took every responsibility. And the good and the bad, you know, it's not been totally plain sailing. It's not been the, the perfect start to, to captaincy for him. Not been too bad. But um, he, he's had the, the tricky things to, to deal with. And he, he as much as Ange Postacoglu inherited... A, a shambles really so did McGregor you know he had to how do you come from a guy who's been captain for, for 10 years um, you know that's a massive um, shift so I, I don't have many more words to say but he is he's so so exceptional yes I mean see when you look at the career that he's had 
Um, he doesn't make his debut for Celtic until he's 21. You know, he never plays a game under Neil Lennon during Neil Lennon's first tenure in charge. He spends some time at North County. Celtic are about to sell him to Carlisle. I think there's an issue with the transfer fee, but you're talking 350 grand or something, right? Then Ronnie Dyler comes in and plays him in the first qualifier, and he scores. And in that season, he's this young guy who is he's a completely different player when you look back at some of the games compared to the player that he is now. I think a massive part of that was Brendan Rodgers, but... When you look at the player that he was then, he had so much promise. He loved a shimmy, all that kind of stuff. You don't really see that from Callum McGregor too often now. He's transformed into the most influential player in the Celtic side. And I think yesterday, when he, you know, when he's looking around and he's maybe looking at some players who, as I say, Hattati, and I'm not going to give anybody a hard time after yesterday's result, but I think he looked a bit overwhelmed. And what you're looking for is the, the, the two or three players that most team, successful teams have who will just, you know, Never give up, never stop. Now, what I want to do, Natasha, you look at the interview that he gave, and it was the one nothing game when Beaton gets sent off, right? And that was in January last year. It gives an interview where he basically said we didn't have a game plan, didn't know what the game plan was. He comes off, I think he comes off as a sub, and he's really disappointed. He's cursing as he walks off the park. Compare that interview to yesterday's interview, where he's talking about the principles. Now, you know, having spoken to like Fran Alonso and all the rest of it, this is Ange talk. This is Ange speak that has actually filtered through the entire club. You can hear the women's manager talking like Ange Postacoglu. You can hear Callum McGregor talking like Ange Postacoglu. Incredible. And I think that anybody who had any doubts, myself included, because I want Chris Iyer as the captain, that he is the captain of this football club. Um, that's been completely turned around. And yesterday was a great captain's performance, wasn't it? It really was. Um, and everything you've said about McGregor, I can only echo. I think for a lot of people, he will be their player of the year this season. And it's definitely not one that I would disagree with. Um, he's just consistently so, so good. Um, and he had big shoes to fill. He had big shoes to fill stepping in for Scott Brown. And he inherited a very difficult task. He wasn't going to be surrounded by the teammates he'd spent the last couple of years with. We knew it was going to be a whole new look side, categorised by the fact yesterday we only had, you know, those three players that we've talked about. So not only did he have to step up and captain the team, he had to bring a whole new group of players together, make sure there was that cohesion there, that they were working well as a team. A lot of that job will, will fall on him as a captain. And he was a new captain as well, obviously learned very well under Scott Brown, but this was a new role for him too. And it was a role that a lot of people thought that he might not be suited for. Now, he's taken this role and made it his own. And it's been wonderful for him because it's not just, you know, improved his own performances, it's improved everyone around about him as well. So, uh, an excellent decision to make him captain. And like we've talked about, his role in that that first goal epitomises what he does as a captain. He drags the team forward when he needs to. When there is that, that slump or that extra bit of momentum needed, it is Callum McGregor who is grabbing his teammates in the game by the scruff of the neck and forcing it forward. And that's what he did yesterday for that goal. He saw space and he knew he was going to get into that space. Regardless of how he got there, he was going to make sure that he got to that space. And, you know, it wasn't anything particularly clever. It wasn't anything tricky. You know, there was no stepovers, there was no turns, there was nothing that we'd expect from Jota or Abada or that type of player. He just saw a gap in the box and he got himself there by sheer determination, a turn of pace, and he got past, you know, three three players and eventually the ball ends up in the back of the net. And the celebrations were very muted after that goal. It was really felt like a sense of 
dragging them forward, the ball goes in the back of the net and we reset and start again. And I think that's so, you know, reflective of McGregor's input as a captain. And yeah, all the plaudits coming his way are very much deserved. And I would definitely not be surprised if he was our player of the year this season. It wouldn't surprise me either. It's just it's a shame when Tommy Rogic doesn't fancy giving us a wee smile after a goal. You know, just <laughs> ice cool. You know, um, he's, doing his job. he's just doing his job. Exactly, the wizard of Oz. Now, just while you're talking, it brought back. Amy was having a dig at the age earlier. It means I've seen a lot of things, Amy. That you know, just to quote Jim Moore. And if you go back to 1985, wow. Um, Scottish Cup final, one each. Who is it that grabs the game by the scruff of the neck, goes on a marauding run? It's Roy Aiken. He plays the captain's part. And I'm not comparing them as players, but just in terms of that leadership where it's just like, no, lads, we're not going to get beat. We're not going to go to extra time. We're going to grab this game by the scruff of the neck and we're going to bring it back into our court. And I just thought it was absolutely outstanding by McGregor. Um, we need to talk about the attack. Yakamakis. Wow. What a performance by the big man. And Maeda. You know, um, I love I love the fact that he's back helping out at right back, winning by kicks, and then like five minutes, five seconds later, it seems that he's up up the top of the park. But if we're talking about Yakamakis, we have got to talk about the prelude to this game, which was some comments he made, nice and confident comments <laughs> from the big man, and then you know they've got a player in Ryan Jack who wasn't happy with that, and then there was an incident. So let, let's talk about some of the the calls, good or bad. I'm looking at that one and I'm looking at the, the Lundstrom channel, cha- challenge and thinking potentially two red cards. Now, it was a bad tackle by Yakamakis, right? It was a bad, it was a striker's tackle, right? It's a part of the park, you know, where you think to yourself, you can give away a free kick there, it's not a big deal. It was a poor challenge, but it was never a sending off, right? But what Jack then does, he kicks him to the body and Yakamakis holds on to his foot so that the ref can see where it is. He then grinds his face into the ground. Going back to your point, Amy, about you know glass on the park, we shards can be lethal. And I think as Yakamakis walks away, he kind of sticks a knee into him as well. Uh, how on earth did that not end up in a red card? I think Van Bronckhorst thought he was very lucky because he's taken him right off. Yeah, that's definitely the reason uh, Van Bronckhorst has taken him off. You've got to hope something retrospective happens with Jack, but um, he's kind of got a little bit of history for this, done up at Tanadice just a few weeks ago, um, really really late challenge um, and nothing really happened but fair play to Yakamakis for not really reacting because you know the minute, uh, like you say there's no denying it's a really poor tackle um, proper like you say, proper striker's tackle, not a bad place to give one away um, but the minute you put you know, your hand around neck face, that's just out of order, it doesn't matter if you're on the deck or not um, and yeah it's just really poor I don't think the lunchrooms I read. Uh, I think it is. I think it's just a, a yellow. I think. I think Willie Colmatch had a really good game yesterday. I think we're we're quick enough to, to you know have a, have a dig at the referees when they're really poor. But I, I felt Colin done really well. I felt him being hesitant to bring out the yellows just set a decent precedent. Um, you know, none of us really. You don't want to see six, seven, eight yellows. Just if the tackles, you know, there's a, there's a line, and I think he set that really quite well. I felt for him, you know. You know, no referee should really have to be put into position. You know, you could see him kind of standing beside the glass at Joe Hart, not really knowing what to do. Can't really blame him. What What is he, you know, you know it's not something that you think, right, let's get lectured on. Um, it's It shouldn't ever really be a, a point of discussion. But, you no, know, I thought Giacomacchus, 
he had a terrific game. And earlier on, you're right. When I was mentioning players who were tracking back, it was a it was a real mistake to to not mention him. You know, the hook away um, in the second half. Can't remember who the ball came in for, but you know, there's the two Rangers players waiting, and it's a tap in. That hook away is you know just as vital as a goal. Done it in the first half as well. But I felt his defensive work was was absolutely exceptional. And then Maeda just covered every single position, every single blade of grass. You know, I think he's just total Duracell bunny, isn't he? Um, that was non-stop. I think he's still going right now. Um, and I think the Rangers back line last night would have uh, yeah, definitely been having nightmares that he'd have been beating them and he'd turn off their lights and into their bed. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. Brilliant. Uh, I mean, some of the abuse that Yakamakis gets, though, Natasha, it's incredible. And it, and it, it was no surprise to me that he was actually struggling to run near the end of the game. Uh, we're talking about the Lundstrom challenge. That was on Yakimakis as well. He, he takes some abuse. Um, what was your thoughts on... There was a few others. You know, Maeda had a chance and there was a handball very similar to the Cameron Carter-Vickers handball at the other end. And then Maeda versus McGregor, where it looked as though, you know, we've seen them given, but, you know, to be honest with you, if it was given against us, we'd be pretty unhappy. There was quite a few flashpoints in terms of the referee's decisions. Do you think he got it right more often than not yesterday? Yeah, pretty much, to be honest. Um, I think I'll, I'll agree with what Amy said there. I think the lunchtime tackle, I think that was a yellow. It was a strong yellow, but it was a yellow. You know, we saw Anthony Ralston do something relatively similar when he came on. You know, it's a yellow. And we, a and we cheered call. it. We cheered it when Ralston <laughs> did it. <laughs> it. It definitely got a big celebration in the Kerrydale, I'll tell you that. I loved that challenge from him. But yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a yellow card. It was a strong tackle. Um, I think retrospectively... Um, Jack, if we'd had VR in Scotland at the time, I think Jack might have, have seen red for, for the hand in Jack Max's face. You you just can't do that on a football pitch and it just comes across like you know a little bit petty, embarrassing for him um, as a professional. It's just not where it's at. But the majority of what, what Colin did, I think he, he got right. I think the you know, the Carter Vickers handball, the one that we claimed for as well, I think they're probably both pretty similar and pretty similar in that you know, if my understanding of the ever-changing handball rule is correct, I don't think either are penalties. Um, the one, you know, McGregor on Maida, I think, is very close. Um, I think if you watch it again, I think that probably is a penalty. Um, it's tight, it's close. Um, and I think, you know, again, with the benefit of slowing it down and watching it at four angles, I think it probably is. I think there probably is enough contact there for it to be a penalty. And again, you look at it and you say that Colin doesn't have the, the benefit of hindsight and the replays and the, the angles that we do, which VR would bring if it was introduced. But we're coming towards the end of the show, so let's not get started on the VR debate in Scotland. Um, but otherwise, um, on the player, the attacking players like Jack Macus, like Maida, I agree with what, what Amy's been saying there. I think when Jack Macus came out a couple of weeks ago, I was in the room when he said, you know, we're the best squad, we're the best team, and you know, we'll win the league and things like that. You're sitting there thinking, wow. Um, he'd just come off the back of scoring a hat-trick. I got, you know, emotions were high, confidence is high. Um, but there's a, certainly a feeling in the room that he'd just say that. Yep, he did. Okay, fair enough, a confident guy. And if you're going to make that type of statement, you need to back it up with a performance. And that's exactly what he did at Ibrox yesterday. He backed up the statement that he'd made with a very, very good performance. And he, yeah, I thought he was... Exceptional, a, a sort of you know a different performance to Maida in a way, but equally both very very important. Um, and echo everything Amy said on, on Maida covering every inch of of grass in that park. He's like a one man pressing machine. Um, he covers 
he doesn't give you know the defence a minute. He's literally all over the park, and that sort of epitomises Angie's "we don't stop" mantra because Maida does not stop. His energy is you know next level, and even in the final few seconds, he's still chasing the ball. He doesn't give that defence a minute. He keeps the pressure on them at all times, and you know that's important for them, not them building any momentum. So. You know, a lot of really, really strong performances all over the park yesterday. Mm. I mean, Maeda's keeping a bad on the bench. I mean, and he's had a brilliant season, you know, a brilliant introduction to Celtic. The big question, I guess, before we go, is all about the title. Um, massive, massive advantage yesterday. And I'm going to ask the question because we're fans at the end of the day, Amy, you know, yeah, yesterday Lauren said the ribbons are on the title. I'm not I'm not at that stage. I couldn't possibly be at that stage. But I look at where we are and I look at the fact Turnbull came back in yesterday off the bench. He's going to be playing a part. Kyogo, we're looking forward to the return of Kyogo. Um, so I think we're in a great position. And it would, it would be a catastrophe at this stage if we didn't win it. What's your thoughts, Amy? Yeah, I think it's easier perhaps to say it'd be a catastrophe if it didn't go the way that it should be going um, you know as well if if you were presented this if we were presented this you know back in August, September even October you know you'd bite your hand off this is um, a remarkable position to be in you speak about the 31 point swing earlier um, from this time last year but you know from the first game at Ibrox to, to yesterday you know the the transformation just the in, in every single department in every single department on and off the field um, in the stands has been absolutely nothing short of exceptional and yeah I think it would take a massive catastrophe for it to um, not go the way that Lawrence has said, which I did think was a little bit brave yesterday. Yes. How brave are you feeling, Natasha? <laughs> um, there's a lot of football still to be played, but we are in an absolutely excellent position. Yeah, I know that sounds very conservative sitting on the fence over here. Um, if you look back at the videos from the Kerrydale yesterday, where we singing that we've won the league again? Yeah, there's probably footage of me singing that. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling like we're in a very good position. Um, let's just keep our focus, keep playing the football that we're playing. Um, so diplomatic. <laughs> I'm very reluctant to sit here and call, say it's in the bag. Um, but if you'd asked me that yesterday after a couple of drinks, then I yeah, I think I would have um, been more open in my declarations about where the league was heading. But we're in a great position, aren't we? Um, it's, it's ours to, to lose now, and that's a very nice position to be in. And when Postacoglu was announced as our manager at the start of this season, I think very, very few people, if any, would have expected us to be in the position that we are right now. So we can't take that for granted. We just have to enjoy moments like yesterday. We have to enjoy the feeling that we got waking up this morning, um, being as clear as we are. And really enjoy where, where this football club is and where Postacoglu has taken us and let's hope the reward is there at the end of the season because it's very deserved Yeah it is and we'll be covering every single game every nuance of Celtic Football Club will be covered on the daily bulletins and on the match day bulletins as well it's been a tremendous um, turnout from the Axom viewers 1600 live watching the show across various platforms thanks for getting involved and if you haven't done so already please subscribe to the YouTube channel you will be put into a draw for two simple minds tickets yes I know uh, they're kind of more my era uh, however 
great hits and they're playing at the Hydro Wednesday night and we can email the tickets to you so nice and easy we'll be announcing that on the socials at some point today thanks everybody for getting involved thank you to Amy Canavan and Natasha Miko for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.